I don't care what you say, cause you always be lying. Was crying from the pain along the way I got quiet. A world changed from the money, sex, violence. Searching for a way to get away out to the islands. Stay out on the waves while the money stay piling. You say I should change, but you ain't want what I wanted. Hit me saying that you wanted me to slide. Used to wanna stay and I've been uptown wildin'. Wildin', wildin'. Stayin', I've been uptown wildin', wildin', wildin'. Stayin', I've been uptown wildin', wildin', wildin'. Stayin', I've been uptown wildin', I've been wildin', I've been wildin', yeah. I did not always want this life, I had to run into some heartbreak. Don't want the wave, so my son that he could rock rave Was off awake and tired, waiting on a job I hated Poisonous environment was salty like a phosphate You had it all, we can't act like it was one mistake I mixed the vocals with precision, you can buy the tape Or I could lace you with a written, you can buy it straight Sell for a hundred and I already sold five today You really want it, you get up and you go find a way It's like a tundra out this booth even on a sunny day it was like a hundred guns aiming down that hallway And I was so out of it, I left and kept the party raging Man, I get achy at the thought of aging And it's so crazy, all these thoughts and all the time I wasted Her body awesome, gotta be cautious cause she might be dangerous Watching Hey I Don't flying and chasing K I don't care what you say cause you always be lying Was crying from the pain along the way I got quiet A world changed from the money, sex, violence Searching for a way to get away out to the islands Stay out on the waves while the money stay piling You say I should change, but you ain't want what I wanted Hit me saying that you wanted me to slide Used to wanna stay and I've been uptown wildin' Wildin', wildin' Stay and I've been uptown wildin' Wildin', wildin' Stay and I've been uptown wildin' Welcome to the Drop Off Podcast. I am your host, Justin Davis, a.k.a. Nave No Bleak. We are back on Anchor. We worked it out. The money is looking right. <laughs> Not that I'm only in it for the money. But going into Black History Month, I woke up and, you know, sometimes I just sit and think about problems people have issues solutions things like that hold on you're you'll have to excuse me my my amazingly talented five-year-old is grounded so he's doing everything he can to uh make noise son son can you hear me relax all right thank you anyway so i was just pondering as we went into black history month what is black what is black and as simple of a question as that may be is incredibly complex and not something that I initially could answer like I should have. 
Um, you ask some of the people that I've encountered, they'll tell you black is beautiful. And I agree with that. At 29, that is where I've uh, landed with my opinion. You ask others and they'll tell you being black is ignorance. Being black is being loud. Being black is having to be seen. They'll tell you being black is negative. There are some people who will tell you being black is ugly. That it that it means that you'll throw your life away for petty issues. That it's all about selling dope and getting as much money as possible. Not really caring about anything else. And unfortunately, that second one is... The image that's put out. Or they'll tell you being black is trauma. That is what some filmmakers, writers, directors, producers believe being black is. And I won't say any names because some of those film directors have really, really turned it around and are providing a lot of opportunities. But, um,. I think it's important to dissect this concept of what being black is and sit down and think about it so you can come to some sort of comprehension for yourself. And unfortunately, I ran with parts of that second opinion of what being black is or that third opinion, you know. But it's important to ask yourself, where are these things coming from? It was very eye opening once I began to read, once I began to study, realizing how much has been injected into that word black from the dictionary definition. You know, go look that up. You know, if you're if honestly 2020, if you're to the point where you you know, you're having to, you hear me say stuff like the dictionary definition of black. Go look it up, man. Come back. Pause it. Come back. Um, to what is portrayed in the media. To what is portrayed in music. That is the field that I'm in. So much has been injected into it being negative. So much has been injected into it being negative. One moment. Son, would you like to be grounded for longer? Huh? Would you like to be grounded for longer? Stop yelling in my house, please. If you need to, you can close your door. All right? Cool. (laughs) Parenting while podcasting. Um, so much has been injected into it and it's important to figure out where it comes from. A lot of these ideals were created by racists. If your concept of black starts in America, you're missing most of the story. 
You have to go back before we were literally kidnapped. And for anyone rolling their eyes talking about, oh, here we go, he's turning it into a race issue. When you are black in America, everything is a race issue. And if you don't see it that way, I would love to live in the world that you live in because I have to deal with it. So if you don't like it, you can click off. It's going to be a long month. It's going to be a long lifetime if you follow me. But anyway, you have to go back. We were, while other cultures were warring, studying weapons, and there will be another podcast where I talk about that, you know, Uh, while other cultures were pooping in the streets, man, no, no plumbing system, no, you know, um, maybe not exactly while they were doing it, but if you were to study the different sections of the world in Africa, you would find, um, people applying powder to their bodies that took away smell early deodorant you would find very structured societal systems with honor codes with moral systems you would find even in warring tribal situations uh slaves were not beaten and brutalized they were brought in as at times members of families they were fed clothed given shelter adequate shelter that doesn't excuse that by the way now you would also find us worshiping beings that require sacrifice but that's another podcast you will find civilization civilization before we were kidnapped and brought here before we were falsely indoctrinated indoctrinated to be uh, I want to say Meek but since Meek Mill exists I don't want to make it seem like I'm talking about Meek Mill before we were falsely indoctrinated to be subservient by um, them giving us a book and editing sections out and by them I mean uh, evil racist people who happen to be white not all white people that's that's clear to that that's good to make clear but before that that's what we were doing those are the kind of things that we were doing and when we were brought here some of our founding fathers some some very powerful or some very poor people someone decided okay we see these traits we see how strong they are how fast they are we see that they don't burn in the sun as easy or at all we see they have these beautiful full lips we see we see this hair that we like in these styles that we like we see these body shapes that we like and and well we can't let them be confident about that so we have to come up with a way to trap them we cannot let them be confident in that let me close this window So we have to come up with a way to destroy their confidence. Oh, you're you're athletic. Well, of course, all of you are good at playing basketball. Oh, you can adapt and survive in crazy places. 
Well, let's put you in a place that's crazy. Let's give you drugs. Shout out to not shout out to but but uh, uh, Reagan. Let's give you dope. Sell it to your own people. Sell it to your mother. Sell it to your fathers. Let's pump your communities full of music and images that show you having no self-control, no care for anything other than money, material gain. Let's do that for years and years. Let's let's experiment to make sure that these people do not realize their worth. After years and years and years and years and years of doing that, that's going to have an effect. So what is black? What is black? Black is you if you are a person, an African-American person of color listening to this, if you are, if it is, if it is in your veins. But also, what is black? If you are in America and have your pulse on the tempo of this, this place, you will see that what is cool is black. Some of it is stereotypical, but our essence of what we look like, talk like, act like, sound like naturally when we are relaxed and who we really are. That is what is cool in many times. Who comes up with the dances? Who comes up with the food? Well, I can't even, you know what? As much as I, uh, would, that you can apply it to that too, because where do we get chitlins from? I hate chitlins, you know what I'm saying? But who has some great food? We do, because I'm not going to hate on other cultures when it comes to food. That's, that's, I can't hate on that. What is black for you and to you? Is it a bunch of stereotypes? Have you sat down and thought about what black is what is black I think going into this this year it's more important than ever to not be self-conscious but be conscious of self and not to let anyone tell you who you are man find out who you are Find out who you are. And if you find that who you are has been told to you, I encourage you to have the courage to figure it out for yourself, man. Not just for black people, but for anyone. But it's Black History Month, so, you know. Um, I really think that at least attempting to view things from a black perspective. This is a tangent, but I really think that at least attempting to view it from the lens of a, of a people whose destiny people have tried to suppress. I think that is helpful if you can get into that mindset, even and if you can't understand, you know, hit up your black friend. If you don't have a black friend in 2020, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, um, but yeah. Never forget that that black has been tinkered with, but it is not what they say it is. It's what you say it is. 
You know what I mean? And there is a rich, rich culture that exists before the Migos album. <laughs> you know what I mean? The culture. Um, yeah, man. Next segment, next segment, we're going to get into this little Wayne review. Uh, but we gotta pay some bills first, so check that out, check that out. We'll be back. It's been the drop off podcast. I don't know if I said it, but I am your host, Justin Davis. You know what I mean? And we will be back. So we're chilling, right? And oh, uh, welcome back, welcome back to the listeners. So we're chilling, right? And all of a sudden, we hear this commotion. We hear this commotion out the window. So we look out the window, and across the street is this little white girl. Not like a child, like a small adult white woman. And she is handcuffed, standing in front of a police car. And there is a big white police officer, like loudly interrogating her. And she is giving him the business like she is reading him from head to toe um and even to the point where he starts he starts going be quiet why are you being so loud and she goes no let me go let me go you know what i'm saying no okay i don't know if she was handcuffed but her hands were like behind her back at first I don't, I don't think she was handcuffed at this point. So anyway, they're yelling back and forth, yelling back and forth, yelling back and forth. I'm not going to say any names to protect the guilty and innocent. So they're yelling back and forth. And she just keeps going, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? You got me over here. And like she, she sta- they're in front of like, it's, it's like a residential area. So they're standing in front of a house. She keeps saying, you got me over here. Can I go? And I can't hear what the cop is saying to this chick. But she's just going off, going off, going off. To the point where his partner walks over. And he just goes, will you shut up? So, then they start walking around. Just looking. Looking around, you know, with flashlights. She's still being loud, but one of them peels off. They start looking around, looking around. You know what I'm saying? And we just duck. You know what I'm saying? Me and my peoples, we duck because, you know, they shine in the light just every which way. And so we peek back out the window. And at this point, like, my priorities probably aren't what they should be. So I say, man, would it be? Would it be fucked up if I smoke a bowl right now? <laughs> but like, shoot, like there, I don't know. Your priorities are crazy when you're in that. When you're blowed, your priorities are, are a little crazy sometimes. So anyway, smoking a bowl, 
of tree allegedly watching this go down and so finally they don't find anything they let this chick run they let her they let her go she dips off dips off heads up the street and all of a sudden we hear another commotion like you know you know when like <laughs> you know when like someone is surprised and they don't all the way know exactly what word to say so they just like make a noise like ah, ah, you know what i'm saying like if you fall down if you're leaving church sunday morning and you roll your ankle and you fall down the church steps that's the noise you make that's the noise i made anyway so uh, we hear another commotion ah. put the ball down tuck the ball because i'm paranoid and even though anyway paranoid and they drag out this dude not gonna say what he looks like not gonna say any of that stuff not even gonna say when or where this is um they drag this dude out and they sit him down on the curb and when I tell you, man, this dude was so relaxed. He was so relaxed. He could have been sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he could have been sitting on the beach. He was completely chill, man. And... You know, they don't even really bother questioning him because he just looks, he just doesn't say, we don't, I don't know what, I can't hear what he says, but either I want a lawyer or I'm not talking to y'all. He says something, they don't care. He's just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. So they, they in, intensify their search after they find this guy. I don't know what the owner of the house is doing. The owner of the house that this happens at is just chilling. So. This they're looking around again and out of nowhere this chick a different chick just starts walking down the road walking down the road and they they've called mad back up at this time like we're we're like peeking through the blinds like freaking malcolm x at this point like we do not want to be seen but it, we are nosy so it's mad interesting you know what I'm saying? Me and my peoples are nosy. You know, we it, it's this is crazy what's happening. This is it. <laughs> um, so there's a whole bunch of cops like kind of swarming the block a little bit, peeling up and down the street. You know, if you if you you may have seen this before, searchlights, all this stuff. So they're in kind of a huddle around this little area, and I don't know where this chick starts walking up the street toward these people a different chick toward these this this group of blue ninjas we used to call them blue ninjas this group of blue ninjas and that's because they can just they they used to just pop up you know what i'm saying and then what oh what's that oh 
You know what I'm saying? And then they peel off. They're like sharks in cars. So anyway, um, she starts walking down the street until she pretty much runs into this group. And they turn around and draw down on her like, hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Meanwhile, old dude is still just sitting, sitting on the curb like a, like. And she says, "Oh, I gotta go somewhere down here." We, I just see her kind of point a little bit. I don't know what she said. I don't know if she said it. And she walks off down the block, and about a couple minutes later, she runs coming back up the other direction runs walks back up the other direction she just came so me and my peoples are like what in the world is happening <laughs> like what in the world is happening right now so they pick old boy up stuff him into the back of the car drag him off to the belly of the beast where he is he looked like he was just going to, you know, go see his cousin to borrow Def Jam or something, you know. So he'd probably be all right. That's what we figured. So they they pull off. The stage clears. The streets are once again empty. Everything is calm, you know. Back to the tunes, back to the music, back to writing music, back to whatever we're doing. And so I take one last look out. Everything's chill. Everybody's asleep. And my people said, hey, you see that? I say, no, what are you talking about? I look out. And we see this short little figure all hooded up walking back down the block. It was the girl, the white girl. It was the white girl. I said, I ain't I didn't even believe it. I said, is that her? My people said, yeah, that's the same walk and everything. This little white girl walks down, ducks under a car, grabs something, dips off. She, my, I think she hid the package, sent someone to see what's going on, and, you know, she's probably going to get a very happy phone call, you know. 517 stories man can't make this kind of stuff up can't make this kind of stuff up man I gotta um, I gotta start cooking soon so you know I'm probably about to what's up y'all I got hungry so I had to cook but I did say that I would give an honest review of Lil Wayne's new album Funeral. If you guys haven't heard it, pause the podcast. Go listen. Come back. 
Um, I've been a Lil Wayne fan since around seventh grade when the homie Trevor walked up to the bus stop with a PSP playing Money on My Mind off the Carter 2. Shout out to everyone who had a PSP as well. I had a modded out Star Wars joint and I traded it on some stupid shit. But anyway, um, he walks up, he's playing Money on My Mind. Money on my mind. Money on my mind. Money, money. Playing that. And I hear Lil Wayne say, Dear Mr. Toilet, I'm the shit. Got these other haters pissed because my toilet paper thick. I know. But tripping that 40 make a chip out of potato head whip like then like ranch I dip. I hear him say that. And when I first hear it, I hated that shit. <laughs> I hated it. I thought it was. I was like, what is he talking about? Because I just came off of listening to DJG Brown mixtapes, Master Ace, Disposable Arts, all this, you know, classic story driven boom bap. My brother was playing Most Def uh, and Tyleb Kwali. Oops. Most Def and Tyleb Kwali. I, I, I was going to Most Def, or I was going to Tyleb Kwali concerts. All this really classic. Uh, hip hop stuff. Don't mind me, man. I'm just I'm I'm cooking some stuff, some foods. So um, when he pulled up, when 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 the homie Trevor walked up with that, I was like, get that out of here, man. What is this? What is this? And I, you know, I was listening to to sixty minutes of funk, words or weapons, Eminem and D12, that kind of stuff. Um, I was listening to some Snoop Dogg too, but anyway, that was a tangent. But anyway, I hated it, and then you know I went to school, thought about it, thought about it, and thought about how crazy, I, I, how crazy it was that someone could be that like like cartoonish. You know, he said, raw tune, not a cartoon. No shirt, tattoos, and some wall wounds. Then he had the chick come in and say, sexy. <laughs> Just to let you know, you know what I'm saying? I got to get that. I got to do that in one of my, so I got to have my chick do that. So anyway, um, the heat got too hot on the, on the stove. And I finally went back and just listened to the Carter 2. And the older I got, the more it grew on me. When I finally watched New Jack City and understood the concept of the Carter being this huge project that project that they had taken over and really just devastated. Um, the CMB jackets, cash money. Once I really understood that, the visuals, the, the purple bape hoodie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember Wayne had on the, the purple bape in um Hustler, the Hustler music video. I used to think that shit was so dope. I still think that shit is dope. So since then I you know, I've been studying Wayne, figuring out, you know, who's who's been alleged to write for him. The Gillies, the Gilly, the kids. Go go listen to Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, by the way. That's free promo for them. Really great podcast. Um, the Starlitos, 
You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, people who have helped this, this, the brand that is Little Wayne become the monolith that it is, you know? Um, I've just been interested in the in the entire legacy of the brand of Little Wayne and Cash Money Young Money. So when I saw Funeral finally dropped, dropped everything I was doing. What was I doing? I was listening to um, I listened to that Yo Gotti first. I listened to Yo Gotti first, and that you know shout out to Yo Gotti that Untrapped single is fire. And then I saw my people hit me and said. My people hit me and said, funeral drop, listen, and first track, the first couple tracks, When I'll be honest, once I got to Mahogany, once I got to Mahogany, I was like, oh, okay, he's finally in his bag. I feel like a lot of the more lyrical artists that we started listening to had to go through a period where they had to transition from that 90s sound that was more bar driven into the more melodic sound that we have today. And I feel like Wayne kind of struggled with that transition. Eminem struggled with that transition. But both of them are now hitting their stride. I said they need to hurry up and do the joint album. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. So when I heard Mahogany, I feel like the closest, the closer Wayne can get to that Carter II album, that's why I, why I brought that up. That wasn't a full, just me rambling. Ha! There's there's plans to some of this stuff. The closer Wayne can get to Carter to Wayne, the better. Now that has trade-offs because I believe Carter to Wayne and uh, the the prime Slim Shady we got that was because of the drugs, that was because of the lean pills, whatever. And I I will never say I want to see a rapper go back to that. We'll get to my critiques of the album in a minute, but. What Joe, what Joe Budden always say, you start with love, right? Now, I don't know how loud that's going to be. That's the sound of eggs cooking. I don't know how loud that is for y'all. Sorry if it's like crazy loud. One sec. What's that stuff called? ASMR. So anyway, um, I feel like I, I never want any artist to have to resort to that to create product. But that sound, when Wayne doesn't let his voice get too screechy, um, during the Carter two days, he had kind of a slower cadence. Now he's rapping double time, you know, syllables, punchlines. It's just high level writing. Well, I'm sorry. Wayne doesn't write. High-level rapping. And I'm always a fan of high-level rapping. Um, oops, getting a little crazy. Someone's hit my phone. They were going to hit my phone when I start the podcast. Um, Sorry, I had to flip it. Trying not to crack the yolk. A good fried egg with the yolk uncracked is... Mwah, you know what I mean? So anyway, um, didn't let his voice get too screechy this time around. Very proficient use of bars. I, you know, I commend that. 
Now, my critiques. You're going to hear familiar critiques from me because I'm not going to hide my stance. I feel like 90% of the industry is trying to corrupt your spirit. Um, they don't want you to know the devil exists so that you blame God for evil and think God wants you to be evil and think God wants to hurt you and, and think God doesn't exist. Or well, What was that? Um, there, there was a... Speaking of just little tricks they that they, they, some of them use, there was some interlude on J. Cole's album where it said, uh, it questioned if God likes our pain. It's like, come on, do you not know the devil exists? If you're going to tell the story of, if you're going to speak spirituality and tell the story of the Bible and do all that stuff, why are you leaving that out? So um, that's not really what Wayne does. Wayne runs full force into the satanic stuff. That's what I call it. There's a song in there called Satan's Son. Um... Which is actually him going into his relationship with, I think, his his stepfather. I don't want to misquote that. And it was, I didn't, I never knew that. But um, I'm, I'm someone who, I don't play with that. I don't play with that. Because I've seen where it leads. People will try to argue semantics. To me, there's good forces, there's evil forces. Those evil forces want you to hurt people. To do drugs that steal your will, steal your for your your life force and control, like cocaine, heroin, stuff like that. Um, to wild out, to you know all that stuff. So while I will commend the art form and the skill that goes into it, if it's toxic, if it's like not like new age toxic, if it's spiritually harmful, if it's physically harmful if it could get you locked up if it could get somebody killed i'll always stand up and be like hold on let's speak about it in reality and my critique about wayne's album has always been that he 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 kind of toys with that now on this one um like on i think it's called piano trap you'll hear him reference gospel stuff i think kanye may have something to do with that who knows but for the most part he he devil imagery is what he likes to to do and he likes to push that he gets people hooked on certain things all that stuff so that is my biggest critique of wayne we get these flashes of brilliance eminem too flashes of lyrical brilliance i gotta get this out of the pan we get these flashes of lyrical brilliance right but it's it's covered in all this darkness and it's like, man, I would love to hear somebody just uh, try to steer the youth in a, in a more positive direction and use that ability. It seems like, wow, that's good. It seems like every time I hear someone who's really, really lyrically proficient, it comes with something that is either spiritually or physically destructive. Uh, Kendrick Lamar with uh, "Damn," you can people can say what they want, but is it any wonder that he gets a Pulitzer Prize for the album where he's saying "GDU, GDU, GDU, GDS all"? I don't know, man. That's my critique of Wayne. I feel like I want him to be Wayne, not Little Wayne anymore. Like, where's the grown... Like, Jay-Z grew up. Gotti just grew up on his music. It's... it's Everyone likes a little ratchet stuff, a little ratchetry every now and then. But where's the... the 
the maturity. That's what I'm looking for. And though we get more flashes of lyrical brilliance, though we get some of that, that maturity is still missing. So that that is um, that's my critique of it. Uh, lead singles to me could be that Adam Levine. I don't trust. I don't remember what it's called, but I don't trust nobody. And um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Mahogany. I would like Mahogany just because I like the imagery of the song. You know, um, obviously Harden is going off. Bing James, even though he only does that hook the way I, I like that hook once. Bing James, that that rings off. Um, it, it's good to see Wayne back in his prime, but I would like to see some some growth, some accountability from some of our elder statesmen, from some of our older artists, you know. Um, because because like it or not, man, Wayne did shape. Why do you think people have all these lils in front of their names? You know, Wayne Wayne's voice still holds a lot of weight, so. I'd like to hear some maturity from him personally. Go check out that. Um, go check out that. See, I forgot. I forgot the title. Go check out Funeral, man. Go check out Funeral. And up next, I really wanna. I wanna introduce a, a song from a collective that I'm part of. Part of called Pop Tart Files. It's called the Pop Tart Files. Shout out to Pop, man. I saw him grinding in the comics, in the comments, promoting the project, looking for artists. I hit him up, and it's been great. You know, it is so awesome. I think I said this, Pop. I think I, if you're listening, I think I said this to you. It is so awesome to not have to like quarterback this situation because I'm used to like running my own label. Shout out to Get Up Music, a thousand winners. We move and we taking over. Yo city, yo city, yo city, and every city, and providing opportunities for artists everywhere. By the way, doesn't matter which click is, you know what I'm saying. But it is so nice not to have to do this, do that, coordinate that. It is so nice to be able to just rap. And I want to say salute to everyone, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. I'm not even gonna go into names because I don't want to forget anybody. So um, lead single. Well, I won't call it a lead single. It's just uh, the first offering from Volume 1 of the Pop-Tart Files. Flaws, I'm going to play that next. Um, yeah, man. Flaws. I hope you guys like it. This is a drop-off podcast. Go listen to Lil Wayne Funeral. Shout out to him putting a little twist on there, too. You know what I mean? Um, we'll be back with more dopeness. Peace out. How we supposed to have a group project if we can't have trust? You know I mean? You were not around this year. You was not by my side. I was up 94. Sun all in my eyes. I was hurting my soul. Had to get rid of this pride. I'm an imperfect soul. But I still try. If I show you Showed you my flaws Would you like what
to the pack touchdown. Caught the truck with the work, that's a passing foul. Then I spent the money popping tags till it's out. Moving like a dummy, had me crashing out. Overthinking, did bad in crowds. Probably cause the fan made me sad and doubt. Sometimes it's the ones where your past with them counts. They gon' talk down till they stay mad at the ground. They mad in about. I tried to dismiss, but class isn't out. You don't know what this is. I tackled the guap like I hit a hit stick. Was attached to my boss, cut him off, then split. I was playing Mass Effect, was at a You was not by my side I was up 94 Sun all in my eyes I was hurting my soul Had to get rid of this pride I'm an imperfect soul But I still try If I showed you my flaws Would you like what you see? Let us I just woke up checking my timeline, which I probably shouldn't have, because lately, every time I get on social media, it seems like it's just all the same, same looking women doing the same things for attention, same rappers acting like all this money they got wasn't given to them by like rich, old, white, nasty record, record execs. Uh, it just, I don't know. I, I just said it. It must mean I need to start podcasting again, but I'm just covering some of the stuff that I noticed. First of all, the hot girls are furious. Is hot girl summer canceled? Um, Meg the Stallion was just seen with g Easy, and, you know, people are in a, in a, uproar about it it seems like whenever an interracial couple comes out um unfortunately uh, a lot of african americans on twitter black twitter they they can handle it you know um personally i think that caring that much about someone else's relationship means you just need something better to do with your life but yeah uh meg the stallion uh, posted a video with g Easy, where he was like licking the makeup off her face I think he was kissing her but anyone who's seen her knows she wears so much makeup like you just got a mouthful of makeup fam um 
But first of all, I don't think for one second that even half of the people that we see her taking pictures with, she's in a real relationship with. Like, I don't know if y'all know, but the industry creates relationships for clout. Um, and second of all, man, like, I, I don't believe that she is all the way doing this of her own free will. I think that there are people at record labels who track analytics and they know what generates analytics. So, um, they're having her create buzz. You know, I would guess that there's going to be a G easy single. She was photoed with photoed with Tory Lanez, probably a, um, probably a Tory Lane single my thing is man how, how long are we not only as black people but just as listeners of music how long are we going to let them convince us that all black women are good for is sex like they've tried to mask it in under the guise of like liberation of of being sexu- sexually liberated in reality you can be sexually liberated without telling any strangers like that's uh it feels like since smartphones have come out exhibitionism which is just wanting to get naked for strangers that has been mixed up with being revolutionary or being whatever uh being a feminist uh in reality you know when i studied feminism true feminism was moving women forward and not really caring what men think and i i think that what some of these artists are doing is trying to compete with what they think men are doing or they're taking orders from men ironically to do some of this stuff and you know to my knowledge that's not what feminism is about you know um and you i'm not trying to rain on any hot girl parades but anyone that invested like if, if you listen to her music the you you're aware of what her branding is so like her taking a video with g easy or a picture with tory lanes come on man like come on Let, let's say that she was in a universe where she was in relationships with these people uh, why does it bother you so much first of first of all and i would i would say I would be asking, is that all they think of us? Like, if you pointed any female artist, sorry, not female, pointed any woman artist in the industry right now, besides, like, Rhapsody or a couple others, they're selling sex. So when when I see Meg Thee Stallion, I think, oh, so that's just what they think. That's what they think of us. And it's unfortunate because so many people will buy into that as well you know what i mean they'll be like oh yeah this is this is what being black is about at the beginning of the podcast i said what is black is it a bunch of stereotypes so you know anyone like super super heartbroken over the meg and g easy thing you really need to get a life and find role models that are actually role models and not artists being told what to do you know what i mean that's how i feel um so I don't know, is Hot Girl Summer canceled? Or are you going to invite... So is there snow during Hot Girl Summer?
And um, that was a G-Eazy joke that worked on multiple levels that I won't get into. Um, next up, what am I seeing here? This, okay, this Iowa thing is really interesting. Um, so they had the caucuses, and I think, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, because I really, like, don't know a whole bunch of poly- political words, but... That is when the parties start to move towards who they're going to announce support for. I've already said that I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. To me, it's weird that like all these people are coming up with all these reasons not to vote for Bernie. Like, oh, he's too honest or and I don't want to turn this into a political thing. I hate politics. I vote for like who's going to make my life and our lives as a people least annoying. That's rich, poor, white, black. Um. And I I do believe that, like, paying 50% of your money if you make, like, millions of dollars is also annoying for the record. So I fall fall down the middle. I don't vote on party lines. But this is a perfect example of why you should not trust the political process and why you should not subscribe to a party. So apparently in Iowa, they had a caucus and it was down between Mayor Pete, Bernie Sanders, and they used this app. Um, first of all, the biggest indicator should the biggest indicator should have been the name of the app, and we'll get to that. But they use this app, and apparently, it first came out showing Bernie Sanders way, 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 way ahead, like way ahead. And then it was announced that they had to do quality control, and then Mayor Pete, who is another person who is running. Uh, goes to social media to announce he has won before any results have been announced. Now, like I said, the first the first thing that I would look at is the name of the app, which is produced by some company called Shadow, Shadow Inc. Come on, man. Like, that's like asking Team Rocket to, like, deliver some money to a church. And, like, you know, no, that's like asking Team Rocket to deliver some Pokemon. Like, you, come on, man. But, um... If you don't know who Team Rocket is, you're listening to the wrong podcast. I'm sorry. Like, I can't. You got to do better at at life if you don't know who Team Rocket is. <laughs> but um, the other part that was found interesting was that Mayor Pete owned part of the app. Uh, so it's clear that quality control is not. First of all, when quality control was trending, I thought the Migos had like dropped something. So this, you know, this is great marketing for the Migos and for for what QC is doing, Cardi B and everybody. But um, yeah, it's nasty. You know, I, I believe Malcolm X spoke about it, or it was either Malcolm or Mike Barton. They said that really the and when it comes to parties, you know, obviously the Republican Party and the Democratic Party have basically switched. Back in the day, the Republican Party um, was very, very different and was was speaking on the advancement and freedom of slaves, things like that. Things have switched around. Um, Really, right now, the Republican Party, uh, we won't even get into what they look like. We're we're focusing on the Dems today. But uh, the Democratic Party is, Malcolm X, I believe, said it's you shouldn't trust 
I don't want to get this quote wrong. So if it's Malcolm or Martin, please let me know. Like, it's crazy that I'm misquoting, but you shouldn't trust the Democrats even more because they are like a smiling wolf. They are smiling and making it seem like they have your best interest at heart. In reality, they are lying just as much, if not more than any other party. I say it is strange to cut your beliefs down to what a single party says. And it's also interesting that the colors are the same colors of the biggest warring gangs in our country, but I won't get into that. But yeah, um, the app was clearly rigged. The election is clearly rigged once again. And at this point, my question is, okay, we are very well aware of what they are doing because they're making sure they're so bold that they're doing it right in our faces. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they have been pimping us for so long. They're not even trying to hide the fact that they're, they're telling us to go get their money, you know? Um, yeah, man. So my question right now is, all right, we see it. We've been seeing it. What do we do about it? What do we do about it? And, you know, in this case, I'm usually against social media when it comes to some things. But if you can shed light on it, shed light on it. This is where Twitter, Instagram, this is where they can be useful because we're seeing minute by minute coverage that news networks are either too biased. I heard Fox and MSNBC are owned by the same company, but they may be too biased or too slow to report. I'm seeing uh, some lady just decided the results with a coin toss, a coin toss. So, uh, yeah, man, my question is, what can we do about it? We're, we're the system is obviously broken, has been broken, doesn't re- the system may be working perfectly because it wasn't ever designed to help us. But um, yeah, man keep keep making keep making people aware of how nasty they're moving and i say when the time comes don't don't just vote straight down party lines man don't just straight vote for yourself vote for what is going to make america less annoying because we have seen the results of what happens when people only vote for their own interest or their own party's interest i won't even say his name at this point um So, yeah, stop caring so much about other people's relationships and care more about politics, please. Um, We're going to wrap this up, but I want to end this with giving some advice to up and coming artists. So I'll I'll do another little segment. If if you guys haven't noticed, this is this is broken down in the segment. So I'll do another little segment about uh, just a way to help artists. Figure out how to move their careers forward and some misconceptions you might hear. This is the Dropout Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, so I want to talk to the artist real quick. Last time I did on the Dropout Live, I did relationship advice. This time we're going to do artist advice. I just want to keep it real because... I feel like there's a lot of talent out there, but a lot of artists just don't know how to monetize their music um, and they don't really have any strategies or knowledge on the game. So this is where we help y'all. And if you have any questions, please feel free to leave them on the website. Um, You should see a comment, uh, an area where you can make comments below this. So go check that out. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. 
But first and foremost, here's what I'll say to an artist. Um, Let's assume you've recorded your song and it is out. Let's say that you just dropped your, your song on SoundCloud. What do you do now? In my hometown, and actually not even just in my hometown, but in a lot of places, artists have fallen for the same traps over and over and over and over again. They fall for the same traps every time. The biggest trap that you can fall into is to believe these rappers who have already made it and who are famous. If you go watch most artists sit down in Breakfast Club or wherever they do interviews, they'll make it seem like they dropped a song, people gravitated to it, it built up and built up and built up organically until a record label came and found them and gave them a big push. And they are working so hard with that record label that their music is building up and building up and building up organically. They'll say, I worked hard. That's what they'll say. In reality, they were given that attention. They were given that clout. You see what I'm saying? Now, word of mouth is is a real thing. But the idea that you can drop a song not put any marketing dollars into it, not promote it, not perform, not do anything. And it will just take off. And then a record label will come find you. That is a lie. And that is what these artists will have you believe. I think it's to throw you off how they really did it, which is they found marketers and promoters and paid them to market and promote their music. And then They performed enough. Now, they did have to go perform, but they performed enough where they the the towns and the people around them could reach out and touch them. And then when they went online, they saw all of these streams. They saw all of these things. And that came together to form this perfect storm of, quote unquote, success, which is usually gauged to be about. A success is like a hundred thousand if you're a major artist, a hundred thousand and up. Um, in twenty in today's time, it used to be a million back when Wayne was dropping. But for for like a, a B level, C level artist, I would say success is anywhere from thirty thousand to up to that hundred thousand mark. Um, that is success. Now, here's what I would I would say. First of all, I would. Uh, really not abandoned, but I would take what the music industry has given me as far as knowledge, as far as what these artists have put out. Besides Nipsey, he keeps a G about things. Um, there's a couple artists who do. And I would put that to the side for a second and and then I would test out my own methods to see if it's true. And that's that is what I've been doing. Uh, these songs are not just magically moving by themselves. If you record a song and you drop it on SoundCloud, even if you put it on Spotify, if you have not contacted anyone about playlisting, marketing, promoting, then you are you're being outworked. You're being outworked. So to to artists starting out, I would say, okay, you dropped your first song. How are you going to promote your song? 
I would say that the industry today is maybe less than 20% the recording process and quality of music and like 80 to 90% marketing and promotion. So that is the first thing I will tell artists. Stop believing that you can drop a song and then stop believing that it's like blasphemy to pay people to promote your music. You don't want bots, obviously. Like you don't want fake stuff, but you've got to start seeing streams, analytics, likes, and all that stuff. You've got to start seeing that as incentive and as tools to get more attention other than the end goal. If your end goal is likes, if your end goal is plays, especially if it's not on Spotify, then you hustling backwards, man. You're just you're just looking for clout. And that is not a career. Now, even streaming, right? A lot of people have fallen into the trap of believing that streaming is once you get your your song on Spotify or any of these services that it's just going to blow up. No, man. No, you have to market it and promote it or it's not going to move unless you have a great, great. There, there's a group in my city called the Dreadhead. Shout out to P.F. Shea. And they just had the city on smash because they grew up on the south side. Everyone knew them. You know what I'm saying? So when Shea dropped that bubble music project, the whole city had it. The whole city had it because they grew up. Um in an environment where they made sure to be social and they just had a whole bunch of friends and people that they knew. So their their word of mouth buzz was through the roof. Most artists don't have that unless you started dropping music in high school or unless you just have a supportive community around you, but college, stuff like that. Most artists don't have that that strong word of mouth buzz. So what ends up happening is they'll drop a song and it just sits there. And then they'll be like, oh, man, man, music is so frustrating. Like, why don't people listen? Well, it's because you didn't market it, genius. Sorry, that was sarcastic, but it's annoying. Like, I've literally sat and talked to artists about promotion and they'll get offended when you ask what their budget is. It's like, fam, I know you spend way more money on fast food a month. And you're going to you're going to talk to me with a straight face and tell me you're serious about your career when you're spending like fifty dollars on McDonald's and all this extra stuff like. No, no, even if you get on streaming services, you need to pay to have your not pay, not pay, but you need to know at least someone who has playlists who has a mailing list, which means an email contact list. That's what has been my saving grace. I have a big mailing list. And that is the last key point that I want to give you. So so to sum, sum this all up, do not believe that you can just drop a song and it will magically move. Set aside that fast food budget to market your singles. How about that? That's, that's a great idea. And marketing list, man. Or I'm sorry, mailing list. That's the first question I ask any artist who walks up to me talking about they serious. Well, really, the second question, do you have a marketing budget and do you have a mailing list? Do you have a mailing list? If you don't have a mailing list, go start one right now. And the way you start one is when you drop a song on Facebook, 
Twitter, social media. If you still use Facebook, I'm sorry, but I use Messenger. So you drop a song and you pay attention to the people who like it. You pay attention to the people who show it love. And then you double back and go, hey, I'm forming a mailing list to make sure that I reach my listeners with this new music or with this new T-shirt or with this new painting, whatever your product is. This doesn't just apply to just music. This is just the creative arts or business in general. Um, And you add them to that mailing list. That way, when you drop, you are cutting through them having to come find you, them being distracted by whoever else dropped. You're cutting through all of that. And you're getting the music directly to them. Um, And if you don't, if people aren't showing you support, get yourself up and go perform. And after every show, hand out a card with their social media on it. Build that following up. I just gave you all so much free game. So much free game. But somebody needs to do it, man. So don't believe your song is going to magically just move. Have a marketing budget set aside. If you spend more money on fast food and and dates and all that stuff than what you do to promote your music, bro, you're not serious. I'm sorry. Like, hate to burst your bubble. You are living in your own head uh same if you've never performed if you are claiming to be the greatest artist of this generation and you have not got up off your butt and performed and toured or gone to any open mics you are delusional bro like you're living in your own head and being outworked um start that mailing list y'all start that mailing list nipsey hustle had a database that organized every single one of his fans by purchase by stream. So when a fan walked up to him and said, I'm your number one fan, Nipsey could say, actually, you're 378. Uh, and and the main thing that he championed, one of the things he championed was, all right, Adele is super famous. Uh, the singer Adele, this is what he would say. Adele is super famous. Wouldn't it be amazing if when Adele dropped her music, it got to every single one of her listeners instantly instead of them having to find it? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, The business world calls that generating leads, generating leads, people you can interact with who will not be mad at you for emailing them or sending them new music and who will purchase your product. A mailing list is the quickest way to weed out fake fans, uh, false support and, and really get to people who like your product. So there's your free game, artists. There's your free game. I'm going to check back. If you if y'all are still sitting around tagging the same people on the same social media sites to your links, I'm going to start unfollowing y'all, man, because because I can't I can't handle no lazy energy, man. I can't handle it. Not in 2020. <laughs> All right. OK, so this is this has been the dropout podcast. We have one more quick segment that I recorded on the last night in um, our old studio location. And then we finna get up out of here, man. Um, go support Wildin, go support Flaws. I am going to be doing this a lot more. Don't get caught up in public perception. I realize that there's barely any voices out here that are not warped or caught up by public perception. So if it's got to be me, it'll be me. I'll speak on the, on the, the gray area between the black and white. You know what I mean? 
That's what the drop-off podcast is, the gray area between the black and white. And that is vitally important. Um, So check out that next segment. And we will be back with another drop-off podcast very soon. Peace, love, understanding. Nave out. This is a very special broadcast. If you hear echoes, it's because I am broadcasting on the last night possible at our original location of 1000 Winter Studios. And I just want to take a second before I, I click the lights off for the last time to personally thank every artist who came through here. This has been a great learning experience. Our new location is is gonna be everything this was and more. Um, I learned a lot of things. Started out with a few more artist friends than I had, but every artist that I let go, every friend that I let go, I found out they were either talking about me, hating, withholding opportunities, so good riddance, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who came through, performed, showed love, filmed anything. This is not the end. But uh, until we meet again, you know, 1000 Winter Studios will be back very, very soon and better than ever. But I wanted to do a special last time broadcast, special last time broadcast from Ground Zero. Uh, Peace out to the Winter House. We'll let you know what the next developments are. Get up, Thousand Winners.